0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Fumble episode 6. You sat there, you've pressed play, you're streaming, you're downloading, you subscribed. I mean, why wouldn't you subscribe to this? Let's be honest, we've been recommended by those lovely people at iTunes and that's quite an achievement, quite an accomplishment and we appreciate all those regular listeners who once again have tuned in to the fumble, chatting about the NFL, not the stuff that goes on the field. We'll leave that to the rest of them. We're just going to have a laugh about the NFL because let's be honest, it is a beautiful game. It's the other beautiful game. A whole bunch of stuff is going on, on and off the field. Darren Fletcher and myself, Vernon Kay, we're going to try and sieve out the garbage... And what's going to be left is the good stuff. So let's welcome the main man who's literally travelled Europe this week and that's why he's going to be chatting to us from a car park just outside (laughs) Chesterfield, whilst his driver, yes, I said it, his driver nips into Morrison's, does his family big shop so Darren can crack on with the fumble. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren
1: Fletcher! How are you, mate? Are you okay? I'm really good. How are you, jet-lagged? I'm all right, actually, but I've gone from kind of salubrious surroundings of Madrid and Lisbon. To, as you've just said, the car park at Morrison's Chesterfield with a screw <laughs> fix directly across the road, robbed the driver from ADL, is, is take me down every back road he possibly can to get here. So it's quite bizarre. I've never, ever sat in a, in a Morrison's car park and, and talked about the NFL. So it's a first for me today. Well, that's good news.
0: That's good news. No, Darren, uh, first things first, it's game week. We see two teams from the NFL visit once again... London, visit the United Kingdom. It's the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Quickly, Darren, talk us through this game.
1: Well, I think it's going to be a good one. And we said on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that that I personally think the Rams are a 10-win team. I think they're a playoff team in the NFC this season. I think the, the injuries that are starting to mount up for one or two of the other contenders makes them even stronger. I think we're going to see points. I don't think people are going to be disappointed this week by the standard of the game. And I think we've got that added bonus this week of Adrian Peterson making his debut for the Cardinals last week and being so impressive. We get to see Jared Goff, who's an emerging star. We get to see Todd Gurley, really good Los Angeles defense. And then we get to see the likes of Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson, Hall of Famer. And I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this one more than any other game and in the UK this year, I think it's going to be a cracker.
0: That's a big statement. Now, a little later on in the podcast, in the Fumble, we're going to be talking to a kid that not many people will know. His name is Troy Nicholas. Uh, he's a tight end for the Arizona Cardinals, and he's basically a short yardage tight end. He, he, he very rarely scores. I think he's had one touchdown this year, but he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Not just in the NFL, but just in life. A true, genuine superstar of the NFL who goes under the radar, cracks on with his own business. And I'll tell you a little bit later on the story of how I met Troy Nicholas, this absolute unit from California who went to Notre Dame and now is playing for the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to see him on Sunday. And like you, Darren, I totally agree this time with you. I totally agree. I think we're going to have an absolute cracker of a game. It's going to be at Twickenham, which... Bold statement coming your way, Darren. I think it's a better location for the NFL. Do you? I think the atmosphere, because the stadium is tighter around the field, I think the noise (laughs) remains within the stadium more than it does at Wembley. Simon Cross, our producer, he's literally, literally throwing eggs at the voiceover booth window. He is disgusted by my comments.
1: Disgusted. I'm the same. I've got to say, I'm... One thing I've got a bit of trepidation about this weekend is I hope that they've got Twickenham right. Because I didn't think they got Twickenham right last year. A lot of people
0: didn't think that they got Twickenham right, Darren.
1: And and I'm speaking from personal experience here. I wanted to get some food and a beer during the game. And at Wembley, it's a really straightforward thing to do. You you walk about 10 yards, you get yourself a hot dog and a beer, you get back in your seat and it takes you two minutes. I had to go down three flights of stairs, essentially out into the car park, queue up, and by the time I got back in, I'd I'd missed Landon Collins' interception, which was the highlight of the day because I was out there for 20 minutes trying to get a hot dog. So I, I'm hoping that they've got that right. I, I hope the, the concourses are better this year because that's a big part of the NFL. You know, that... Ability to move around and get a beer and get a bite to eat and do not not really miss much of the game. So I hope they've worked on that, and I'm sure they have. At Twickenham last year, there was far too much curiosity still. What do you mean by that? Right. When you go to Wembley, I think it's a really knowledgeable NFL crowd. They used to go and they buy the season tickets. Clearly, a lot of Twickenham season ticket holders who go there for the rugby but hadn't seen the NFL before. And it was a really strange mix of people around me who were still asking the question as to why they wear pads and what the helmets were all about. And I thought we'd left that behind 20 years ago. And it it was just odd to hear it. And I thought, this is kind of what the American Bowl used to be like, but this is a, a regular season game. And I just hope the people around me are a bit more knowledgeable again this year and I, I just didn't quite get it last year. It just, did, just didn't feel right for me. I've got to be honest, it didn't feel right for me.
0: Well, I think the the tailgate is going to be bigger this year. I think the NFL has made a real concerted effort to make sure that the tailgating atmosphere, that ambience that builds up before the game, is at Twickenham because, like you say, it was lacking last time uh, when the NFL visited the home of British rugby, Twickenham Stadium. So the tailgate's going to be better. I know that they've also taken on board the fact that, like you say, people were queuing and walking around trying to find a beer, trying to find some food. I think that problem, hopefully, has been resolved. And as far as the fans go, I think you're right. I think there still is a curiosity about American football from the Twickenham faithful. But, Darren, is that not a good thing? Are we, tr- are we, are we not trying to, not convert, but are we not trying to welcome the rugby crowd
1: into the NFL audience? Yeah, I suppose it is. I can, I can see that point, that the more people we can get engaged with the sport and into the sport, the better it is to grow it moving forward. It just, it, I just didn't expect it. I just thought we'd, lo- I just thought we'd moved on from that. And but it was that, it was, it was almost annoying though, Vern, because I thought it's because you're it. allergic
0: to tweed jackets, no. Darren. Well, That's it what it <laughs> <There> is.
1: <laughs> Barber jackets and yeah. tweed just don't mix with a lad no. from Nottingham. No, <laughs> no. There, there were loads. There was loads of that. You're right. There was loads of that. But it was just, I just wanted to turn round to the, to the, to the people saying, well, I don't know why they need the pads on," and just say, "Shut up." It's a different sport. We had this last week when we talked about the equipment. Yeah, we did. I just thought... Let's not go back there. Don't. Don't. Yeah, just don't. Just watch it and enjoy it. If you don't like it, don't come again. Let's not
0: forget, Darren, that 10 years of the NFL regular season games, 10 years of the NFL International Series, there's only been one game at Twickenham. So this is only the second. And obviously there were growing pains uh, initially with Wembley. Uh, They've ironed all out those. So let's see what happens with this second game. And, uh, you know, let's go back to the field. We are in for a right ding-dong. We were at the Cardinals' practice this week on Wednesday and we saw the interview with the head coach of the Cardinals. What a guy. Bruce Arians has a presence. You can tell that he is committed, dedicated, and so wants this team to win because he does have a team now with talent. He's got options now that Adrian Peterson is on board. And he said a couple of interesting things about Gerard Goff. One of the American journalists said, "Uh, Gerard Goff, what do you think? Is he a quarterback capable of taking the Rams on for further success? And he said, you know what? He's in his second year now, so the pressure is on his own shoulders. With second-year quarterbacks, there is no longer that element of He's only a rookie. Let him get used to being in the NFL. Let him get used to the play calling. Let him get used to the atmosphere. Let him get used to the speed of the game, the transition of playing veterans who've been in the league for 10, 12 years. And he said, there's no excuse for a quarterback in your second season. And he said, it looks like Jared Goff is going to be a quarterback who is going to stick around, who has the potential to be a superstar in the league, especially if they develop the wide receiving core of the, of the Rams and he said another journalist said to him what do you think of uh, Adrian Peterson what has he brought and he said all he said was he's brought options which I thought was really really interesting because if you have a running back like that in your backfield like they've had you know with unfortunately David Johnson going off injured your, your linebackers and your safeties are looking into the backfield as to is this going to be a run or a pass when you haven't got a running game it's going to be a pass because you've got Larry Fitzgerald out there
1: great wide receiver it's clearly a trade, this one, that, that suits both teams, isn't it? Because Peterson went off on his Cardinals debut last week and Mark Ingram went off for the Saints in their game against Detroit. So it's clearly balanced out both rosters. Yeah, It seems to have improved the running game significantly for New Orleans now they've got a feature back in Mark Ingram. And it's also given the Cardinals an option in terms of a replacement for David Johnson, who you could make a case is the best running back at the moment in the NFL when he's healthy. Those Arians quotes are interesting. I wonder whether he would have been quite so bold about Jared Goff had he been his own second-year quarterback. I would think he would have been a little bit more keen to keep the mothballs on him and, and keep the cotton wool wrapped around him and not be quite so bold as to say, you know, year two, there are no excuses because Jared Goff is still a work in progress. And I think it's got to be pointed out that he's got a second offensive coordinator this year, a different one to last year. So two seasons, two schemes. He's got a new head coach this year in Sean McVeigh, who's a fantastic offensive mind. And he's essentially got an entirely new batch of wide receivers to work with from last year as well in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. So there is still a big learning process for Jared Goff within his own locker room. So I think to, to perform as well as he has at this stage of the season is a testament to not only his physical ability, but his mental ability as well. And I think he's coping with that transitional process at the Rams very, very well. And he's also, Vern, let's not forget, dealing with the spotlight of Los Angeles as well, which is not an easy thing to do. Mm. You know, they're athletes, they're big-time athletes, are big-time superstars, and that's a big thing for him to take on board. And I think he's he's a story to watch, looking forward to seeing him, and I think he could be a good one.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, that, uh, with the acquisition of Adrian Peterson. And you, good point you raised there, Darren. He has, he's freed up Mark Ingram at the Saints, which I'm joyful yep. of because he's in my <laughs> fantasy team. 25 plus points last week. Thank you very much. What an amazing what? trade. Really appreciate it. Well, guess what, Darren? Guess what we saw when we were what? down there at the Cardinals? Go on, tell me. David Johnson doing sprints. OK. Yeah, he was out okay. there. Okay. Uh, we watched him stretch for about 20 minutes. I think Simon quite liked that. Uh, in his tight lycra, and then he was doing intervals on the field down there at London Irish, which was really interesting. Uh, He looked—he was going at a
1: pace, so who knows when he's going to return? Well, if he's anything like me, Vern, I only sprint when it's completely necessary. So if David (laughs) Johnson follows that path, he might might well be on the comeback trail. I only sprint when (laughs) I've got to. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you know what? Carson
0: Palmer uh, took to the mic as well. He was on the stand, and someone asked him about Adrian Peterson because... It seemed to be a press conference that was AP heavy. And he said, do you know what the difference is with Adrian Peterson? He said it's the way he runs. He said he's never heard a running back hit the floor, as in his feet when he's running, and create so much noise. He said every footstep sounds like thunder. And he he didn't wish it upon any linebacker that has to face Adrian Peterson, which is interesting because... He plays with David Johnson, who's a yeah. star running back in the league. So, the significant difference in running styles, but yet both seem to have accomplished
1: great success. That takes me back a little bit, though. You know the your foot hitting the floor like thunder when you run? Mm. Did you ever have Clark's Commandos when you were a kid at school? <laughs> No, my parents always put me in Clark's slip-ons. Right, well, I had Clark's Commandos, and when you had a pair of those on, you sounded like thunder when you ran as well. (laughs) So maybe maybe the secret to AP's career is a good old trusty pair of Clark's Commandos. And all people listening now who had the Clark's Commandos on are saying, made a right racket when you ran in them. Well, they can tweet
0: us at The Fumble if you had a a pair of uh, Clark Commandos. That'd be nice to hear from you. (laughs) And you can always keep in
1: touch, remember, at... Uh, the fumble. That's where we are on uh, on social media. Let me just tell you as well. So while you were hobnobbing with the Cardinals this week, which sounds great, I'm looking forward to. Hearing they from brought Troy their Nicolas own the water, Darren. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So so on Monday afternoon, I had coffee with Luis Figo, one of the all-time great footballers that we've been fortunate to see. And then on the night after the game, we had dinner with Roberto Carlos, who scored that fantastic free kick for uh, Brazil against France in the Tournai. So it's been, I've been hobnobbing as well, but not around the NFL glitterati as yet. So I've got a bit of catching up to do with you towards the end of the week. When I get down there to London, I'm going to be working at Twickenham at the weekend, as you are. We're both going to be on the sidelines this weekend, aren't we? You for, for Sky. I'm going to be on the big screen. My ugly mug's going to be on there again. And I'm working on the tailgate as well. So we've, we've both got a really busy weekend around the game and a really good one to get our teeth into. I'm looking forward to it because, like,
0: like you say, you're going to be there, I'm going to be there. Uh, we will have jobs that we're supposed to do, but uh, yeah. when you get two football nerds uh, so up close and personal with the game, you kind of forget the reason why you're there. I know. And that's why I doff my cap to uh, uh, to Neil Reynolds and everyone on the Sky team, when they have that Sky cart right there on the field. I mean, my concentration levels, as you know, Darren, uh, on a day-to-day basis, are very limited. But when there's a football game going on and you've got a million people talking in your earpiece, telling you what's coming up next, when the break is, this, that and the other. And Neil's the biggest football nerd in the world and he won't mind me saying that, it's a compliment. Uh, I don't know how they concentrate. I really don't no. know how they concentrate. I'll be giddy at
1: the weekend. Down yeah. there on the sidelines, I'll be giddy at the weekend. So, I agree. I'll, you, I'll you just be...
0: Bring some of those Morrison's carrier bags, Darren, because I'll be loading <laughs> that up with freebies and, and, and knickknacks yes. for, for my daughters because Phoebe celebrated her 13th birthday this week. Oh, she, happy birthday, Phoebes. And she wants some stuff from the game. Now, Darren, I'm going to change the tone. Here's a depressing okay. gear change for you. Go on. Is the world in tatters? Are the Green Bay Packers... Are they oh. dumb because of... No! The injury to Aaron
1: Rodgers? No, I don't think so. No, I, I just, listen as as a Super Bowl favorite, I think yes, you've got to put them down the pecking order. It's two things here. One, we don't know yet whether Rogers is done for the season. If the surgery is okay and he heals well enough, all they've got to do is win enough games to be in the playoffs. It's quite a big window for Rogers to come back this year. And why wouldn't the Packers not keep a roster spot open for him to come back if he possibly can? Now, Brett Hundley is an interesting player. He's been with the Packers three years. He was a highly rated quarterback at UCLA when he came out of the draft. Not a first-rounder, but Mike McCarthy's had him in the Green Bay system now for three years. He's learned from Aaron Rodgers. He's got a decent arm, and he's mobile. And I think what people have got to remember is that when he played last week, when he came on in relief in the game against Minnesota, he'd had just about no practice reps all week. Because the backup doesn't get practice reps. The starter gets all the reps. And the game plan was completely tailored to Aaron Rodgers. Now, this week, it's going to be different. Brett Hundley's had the practice reps. Brett Hundley has a game plan that's tailored to his strength as a quarterback. And that's going to be the same going forward. And also, whenever he's played in the preseason, and I know that's different, but it's still up against NFL-caliber players, he's performed exceptionally well. And there were a lot of rumours swirling around this offseason, the last offseason, season that teams were prepared to give the Packers draft picks to acquire Brett Hundley. So, it's a case of next man up. But I think they've got a quarterback who's capable of at least steadying the ship for a period of time for them to regroup and work out how good they can be. So, I think to write them off at this stage in a league that is ridiculously open, there is no clear-cut favourite. The Green Bay Packers might just be able to keep it moving in the hope but they can get Rodgers back at the end of the season.
0: They face New Orleans this weekend and coming off a massive, massive fantasy points victory, the Saints. Now, let me ask you this, though. My fantasy team, all right, I have the New Orleans Saints defence, who uh, we just talked about playing the Green Bay Packers. I've also got the Pittsburgh defence and coming off that victory against the Chiefs last weekend, must be feeling really good. They play Cincinnati. So, Darren, I know we're in the same league, but I want some advice. Do I play the New Orleans defence who are coming off a great, great weekend, or do I put in the Pittsburgh defence who are facing Cincinnati, who have just beaten, well, the last undefeated team in the league?
1: I'd be tempted, Vern, to play the Steelers. The Steelers get plenty of sacks. and Of course, in fantasy terms, you get points for sacks. I also think that it'll be a relatively low-scoring game because those AFC North matches traditionally are. I think on the other side of things, the Saints' defence... It still takes a leap of faith to play them because they did give up plenty of points last week against Stafford. And they could theoretically give up points as well in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. I think you safe for a bet there is Pittsburgh. In fact, I play in two leagues and I've picked up that defence in another one of the leagues to play this week.
0: We've not yet mentioned that if you want to play fancy football, then why not join us at DraftKings.co.uk. Use... The uh, code, the fumble, and we will get you in our league. You can subscribe. There's $100,000 up for cash. Cash up for grabs. Uh, So why not join us? We'll give you more details on how uh, you can play and what we're going to play next week. But for now, go to draftkings.co.uk, subscribe, join the league, get your friends involved, use the code, the fumble, and
1: uh, enjoy. You mentioned the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are 0-3 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. In their last 20 games, they are 15-2 and two against every other team they've played. So the only team that gives the Chiefs a problem anywhere <laughs> in the league at the minute are the Pittsburgh Steelers. 0-3 against them, 15-2 against everybody else in their last 20 games. And whilst we're talking about defences,
0: guess who's got the third-ranked scoring defence in the NFL at the moment? Third-ranked.
1: Top three. I'm going to go Jags. No. No? Miami! Miami? They must be scoring more than the offence. Yeah, they must. Unbelievable. Great
0: stat. Uh, Good stat. So, we, uh, we talked earlier on about my meeting this young lad called Troy Nicholas. Troy Nicholas is a tight end for the Arizona Cardinals who were visiting... London this weekend, and we had the option to interview the names of the Cardinals, you know, Carson Palmer, AP, Patrick Peterson, the Honey Badger. But I said, Listen, no, 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 I've already got some kind of relationship with one of the players. He's the tight end that goes under the radar. He's been there for three years now, I think it is, out of Notre Dame. And I met him when he was just about to leave high school, and there's a big brew high in Southern California as to which. University or which college this kid was going to pick because he's six foot five, he must be 250, 260 pounds, he runs like a rocket, but he's a genuine nice guy. And I managed to watch him at his high school, Servites, play in their. Uh, state championship. They lost, but it was an absolute horror of a game because the weather was ridiculous. It was up at the, is it the StubHub Arena where the the LA Galaxy play? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Yeah. that's the one. So it was there. And the one thing that took me aback, and this is something that I think, uh, we talked about grassroots. We talk about grassroots quite a lot on this podcast. And it's something that we can learn from. And it's something that you'll hear a little bit later on in our chat with Troy. But this is his daily schedule, okay? High school finished at 3.30. He had to be gym kit ready at 3.45. They were in the gym at four o'clock. They were gym finished at 4.45. They had the milkshakes ready to go, protein shakes, whatever they were taking, pre and post shakes, ready to go as soon as they came out of the gym. So they were gassed in the gym. They had 15 minutes to go and get their football gear on at five and then they trained till 6.30 every weekday. That's how you
1: build an athlete, surely. dedication That's the dedication you need to get to the top. And how many of those kids actually made it? They all had the dedication to do it, yet still the window of opportunity, Vern, is so small, isn't it? It's insane. And that's
0: why, you know, people keep saying to me, oh, how would you get into the NFL. And a few rugby players say, no, oh, I want to be in the NFL. It, it's difficult because to get into the NFL, you have to have the physical attributes, you know. Troy played linebacker at high school and he played a little bit of linebacker, at Notre Dame, but then they moved him to tight end because he's so mobile and so big. If you've got the athletes, if you've got the physical structure or the outline or the blueprint of an NFL player, you can pretty much play him anywhere as long as he's got those physical skill sets.
1: Yeah, but that's been proven recently in the league. I mean, there's a couple of quarterbacks at the moment who came out of college as quarterbacks and they're now playing wide receiver... In the NFL, there's Terrell Pryor with the Washington Redskins, Braxton Miller with the Houston Texans. As you say, you know, they are such good athletes that they can essentially relearn a position as a pro and then play that at a really high level. Edelman played quarterback, remember? There you
0: go. All right, so let's go back to Wednesday when I caught up with Troy Nicholas, tight end for the Arizona
1: Cardinals. Can't wait to hear it now. You've built it up. Come on, let's hear him.
0: All right, so Fletch, I'm here uh, with Troy Nicholas, tight end for the... Phoenix Cardinals and we go back. Sorry, yeah, I was at the <laughs> Cardinals. That's, that's an old-school mistake, yeah. old-school mistake. Uh, so Troy and I first met in 2010 when you were in high school right. at Servite and you were like, I'll be honest with you, you were the stud player. <laughs> right, yeah. Everyone was talking about you, watched your state championship. The expectation on your shoulders then, how does it feel now
2: being a successful NFL player? Um, well, it's, it's hard to say that you've been successful you know when, you know I'm still in, in my career and um, still, you know, trying to break through in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know it's my fourth I'll year in the NFL and uh, feeling really comfortable out here now, and uh, you know just enjoying it more than ever.
0: Is is the transition difficult going from high school to
2: college to professional? How do how does that progression, you know, evolve? Each, you know each progression has its difficulties. Um, Servite really prepared me for Notre Dame. My schedule at Servite was uh, really difficult. I was at school all day, um, whether it be with my leadership academies or um, studying or practicing or lifting. I was pretty much at school from, you know, six in the morning until seven at night or 7.30 at night every night. Um, So when I went to um, Notre Dame, you know, I fit into that schedule really well because it's the same thing you lift in the morning, go to class all day. Um, there's more meetings and more prep time um, in college. And then um, we had study hall at night from like six to eight. So, I mean, it prepared me well. With the NFL, you know, you, you have a little bit more time on your hands. So we're done around three o'clock so you got another six hours in your day and so that was kind of a little bit of a curveball for me (laughs) because you know I'd been you know so busy all the time. So are you good at FIFA now? (laughs) On the Xbox? No. No. I'm more of a Call of Duty guy. Okay all right. Phone on. Phone on. But uh, yeah so it's just uh, you know finding ways uh, in that that extra six hours to better yourself um in your craft and then also you know enjoy some free time <laughs> yeah <as well. laughs> I, I guess i guess
0: but uh, there's one thing that will always stick in my mind is watching you guys at high school at survive uh in the weight room the intensity of those training sessions obviously like you said but now you're in the pros what's
2: it like uh, as a young athlete taking advice from the from the veterans you know they they just have such a good knowledge base and uh as a rookie you want to get in there and you want to you know do good and um you know produce for the team but sometimes it's like you just have to you know calm yourself down and you still get excited and 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 realize like you're just a rookie you know like you're not ready to do all this stuff yet and so it's just um you know just trusting the process is, is a big thing that you learn from the veterans you know you just go through the process and um, eventually you'll get there, you know, but when you walk out into that stadium and I, I've been to that
0: stadium And it's a beautiful facility. Do you still get butterflies? Do you still feel the excitement of the yeah. fact that you've got
2: a job oh, to right. do? Oh, no doubt I mean, I, I enjoy playing football yeah. more than ever um, right now. I mean, it's just what I do. It's all I think about, you know So when, when we so go so many there, people are jealous <laughs> of the fact that you just said that my friend <laughs> it's Crazy so. and let's talk about
0: the fact that you are I remember also another thing you said was what's London like? Is it a great city? <laughs> no, you're in London, and we've just heard from, from uh, Coach Arians that you're not going to get a lot of time to socialize and go out, but the experience so far, I know
2: it's only early in uh, this whole European experience. What's it been like? How does it feel to be here representing um, your team? It's been awesome. Um, the people of London are incredibly welcoming. Uh, we went out for some dinner last night with uh, the alignment, and you know, everyone was coming up to us, and with open arms and just real welcoming you know okay. excited to see the game so it was it's been a blast so far and you know we're really going to start the work week now so we'll get a little bit more serious, but uh i'm looking forward to seeing what uh you guys got here
0: <laughs> oh it's amazing yeah. honest you're going to love it because we spoke to so many people through the uh, the 10 years that the nfl has been coming to the uk and every guy that we spoke to says that it's the closest you'll get to a super bowl atmosphere and environment and it's something special it really is and yeah. hopefully that uh, that journey will carry on because I think the NFL's got home here.
2: They you know? It'd be good yeah. that, That'd be that'd be awesome. In uh, in college we we played a game at uh, oh in Ireland in Ireland yeah. and it was a blast. Did you drink so the Guinness? Be honest. I did. Did you? I did. <laughs> and I wasn't 21 yet. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but after the game, you know, I just had to try it. Of course. But, uh, no, it tastes much better over there. Yeah, I it, gotta does. Say. it does. That's what, That's how you can tell. It's it tastes different.
0: In the, in the place that it's bre. we're gonna to let you get to uh, on the A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. and stretch out. I appreciate
1: it. to see you again, Thank my you, has gone! What a pick six! So, time for pick six, Vernon. We always have a bit of fun with this one, but there is a, obviously a really serious and, and sad element to the whole NFL week at the moment in London with the sad passing at the weekend of Kevin Cadle, someone that you knew well, um, Sky Television presenter, fantastic on the television, covering the NFL... Uh, one of the people who really helped to grow the sport in the UK over the past decade and a half or so while he was in that big chair on Sky. What did Kevin mean to you, Van? I think Kevin was the
0: fun face of NFL in the UK. You know, I, I spoke to Neil when we were at the Cardinals practice on Wednesday, Neil Reynolds, and he worked very, very closely with uh, Kevin Cadle and he's done some great tributes for the big screen, the Jumbotron, in Twickenham Stadium. He's written a tribute, which is going to go in the game day programme. And they're going to do, I think, uh, five minutes about Kevin on Sunday's NFL broadcast as a tribute to him. Uh, His family are going to be at the stadium as well on Sunday. So I think the NFL community will really, really be, be doffing their cap and they'll be playing their, all their respects to Kevin and his family. But what he brought was the fun element of the game. You know, I, I, those stereotypical moments when the team would get a turkey out on Thanksgiving and and and, and just really... He, he used to say, look, I'm not an X's and O's guy. He's, he's a basketball coach, uh, when it came down to brass tacks. But what he did bring was enthusiasm. He brought energy. He kind of lit up the studio. And it didn't matter if he got a few things wrong. It didn't matter if he, if he stumbled at the opening of some shows because... It wasn't about that for him. It was about bringing this sport to the masses. And he was one of those people who really turned the key and opened a lot of doors for young fans uh, and and brought interest, and encouraged interest, into the NFL. So he'll be sadly, sadly missed.
1: Yeah, I, I thought he got that ability, Vern, to include you. Even if you didn't know a lot about the game, the point you made that he wasn't an X's and O's guy, he was a fun guy. And I thought he was able to engage with the audience and whether you were an NFL fan... An NFL nerd or watching for the first time, he could welcome you in and you could feel part of that broadcast. And I think that's a real skill for a presenter to be able to do that. And as you say, work with a smile on his face and he's going to be sadly missed. He's gone far too soon.
0: Yeah, he will. So let's make sure we all pay our respects on Sunday. I think it's during the end of the first quarter is when they're going to play a video montage of Kevin Curdle on the big screens at Twickenham. So, come on, gang, let's do him and his family proud. Right, Fletch, this one's for you. It's a big question and it needs a big answer. Who, in your amazing opinion, is the best team in the NFL right now?
1: Wow, what a question.
0: Um... Because we've seen the Chiefs lose to the Steelers. There's no longer an undefeated team in the NFL but who is that team who is the team that is numero uno who do you think has got what it takes to go all the way to Minnesota Minneapolis in February
1: I'm going to surprise you and I'm I'm going to get to it in a roundabout way but I'm going to kind of tell you why I don't like a few of them the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs I can't get my head around the fact that they will get to the playoffs and Alex Smith's playing quarterback and I think that's where you need a top class performer at that position and I just don't think it's him I think they'll be too conservative in the playoffs, and I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl. I've been really disappointed this season with the Oakland Raiders. I thought they could win the West. They've been really poor. I look at the Dallas Cowboys, lots of questions about Zeke Elliott, whether he's going to be suspended, whether he's not. Dak Prescott, to me, doesn't look quite as effective year two as he did year one. I think he's got a bit of growing to do. The Green Bay Packers have lost Aaron Rodgers. The Atlanta Falcons look like they've got a Super Bowl hangover. The Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not sure it's quite time for them. The New England Patriots can't play defence. They battled really hard to beat the New York Jets at the weekend. So I'm going to throw one in there, and it's based on one week. Well, in fact, it's based on two. It's based on one disastrous week, but I think I've got a reason for that. And then it's based on one really good team performance. And I think right now, if I was going to have 10 hard-earned pounds on a team to win the Super Bowl, Vern, I think I might go for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh! I've written down the Carolina Panthers. Right, I'm going to go Pittsburgh, and I'm going to tell you why. I think the five-interception game for Roethlisberger was an aberration. Le'Veon Bell missed training camp, and Tony Romo said on the broadcast last week, you need three or four weeks to get back to anything like your best. Le'Veon Bell has now had that, and at the weekend against Kansas City, he looked like Le'Veon Bell. They've got an exciting young defence, and they can play the kind of defence that gets them turnovers. They sack the quarterback. They're not bad in the secondary. Joe Hayden's doing okay for them. Artie Burns is a developing cornerback on the other side. And they've got the experience of a Super Bowl-winning coach in Mike Tomlin and a Super Bowl-winning quarterback with weapons in Ben Roethlisberger. And I just think at the moment, and it's such a changeable league, that if you said to me, who do you think is going to get through and lift it, I'd go Pittsburgh. and It's based on very little because they've not shown an awful lot. But I'm expected now, this Pittsburgh team from here on in, to really push on and and become certainly the class of the AFC this year. And that might just be enough to be the class of the NFL because there are so many question marks for any, about those teams in the NFC. Yeah, definitely. I like the way that you
0: were, you went through all the people or all the teams who, who people thought were favourites at the beginning of this season. You know, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. One thing that grates me a little bit, and this is my kind of... Cue to talk Brady, right? You yeah. would never hear Tom Brady in a press conference, ever, say, do you know what, five interceptions, maybe I just don't got it anymore. I don't. I, know. I don't know how a quarterback in the NFL who's won two Super Bowls, who's got a great head coach, who, like you say, has got all the weapons a quarterback could possibly want, good running game, solid offensive line, one of, well, the highest paid wide receiver in the league, in Antonio Brown, Uh how he, his mindset can be so negative and down on himself. All right, he, he was a bit peeved and a bit pissed that they lost so badly. But to say that, what does that send out to the rest of the team?
1: I know, and I'm, that... contradicting mesel- I'm contradicting myself here because I said two weeks ago on the podcast that he might well be done because of that statement alone. You mm. know, because he said, look, you know, I don't know whether I've got it and because he toyed with retirement in the off-season. But I just think last week he looked like Big Ben and they looked like Pittsburgh. And Antonio Brown performed and Le'Veon Bell performed. James and Harrison got a couple played. of sacks. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they were able to close out a game that was the, the most difficult game on paper that they'd had all season. And they looked like a really powerful football team. And I'm going I'm to give Ben a pass, which I wasn't prepared to give him two weeks ago. But I think if we have the conversation in four weeks, we might be saying something completely different. All right, well, we will find out. We We will find out. So I've got one for you. So last week I asked you who the best player was that you played with or against in your career with mm-hmm. the London Warriors. Career. This <laughs> week. <laughs> this week, I want to know who was the worst. Oh my
0: goodness me. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> there's, there's a thing there's a there's a there's a thing in they call it Brit Bowl or Brit Ball, right? Yeah and and there are several players in the British League who turn up on a Sunday and like to wear the gear. They yes. like putting on that. the pads. Hey,
1: that's me on a golf course, by the way. Exactly. They're All like, the gear, no idea. Yeah,
0: they like wearing the pads. They've spent 400 quid plus on a brand new helmet with the face cage that everyone <laughs> is ra- raging about. Their second string, and... it. it You could spot them a mile off. They've got gloves that are so tacky that they look like they're fresh out of the box, but yet they've had them for two seasons. They've got the elbow pads, they've got the shin pads, they've got any kind of pad you could possibly find. That's what grates me about British-American football. You know, if you're going to play play you don't need all those shin guards. You don't need all those elbow pads, this, that and the other. I, wear a, I wore a long sleeve T-shirt because my arms are so skinny. That's the only padding that I, <laughs> I, I had on my arms was a long sleeve T-shirt. But it's those players that I like playing against because you can give them a little bit of chat. You know, you can give them a little bit of banter. You can get inside the head. And then when you see the opportunity to absolutely lay him out, you just turn around and say to him, That's why you spent £500 on that helmet, my friend. As he's (laughs) lay there in the dirt.
1: (laughs) Yes. I was slightly different. When I played for the Nottingham Caesars, we used to buy our kit second-hand from people who didn't need it anymore. Oh, stinky pads. Yes, so we had a tight end who played for the Nottingham Hoods, the senior team, called Dave Tidswell. And I bought all Dave Tidswell's gear off him. And Dave Tidswell had to chase me mum and dad for the money because I I wasn't paying in instalments like I should do, and he had to ring the house one night and say he's not paid me for all this gear. And I got a right bollocking. But I had all his stuff, and I tell you what he did—he used to make T-shirts, and he could draw fantastic caricatures. So he'd make—he'd draw you a caricature of say Jim McMahon or the fridge or Walter Payton, (laughs) as it was at that time, Lawrence Taylor, and you could have it put on a T-shirt. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So Dave Tidswell. I got all my gear
0: from him. I've heard that the NFL are chasing Dave Tidwell for uh, uh, <laughs> intellectual property rights of <laughs> those secrets that he churned out up in Nottingham back in the day. <laughs> that's, yeah. why he's,
1: that's why he's gone missing. <laughs> I, think, I think I've still got his gear somewhere in the loft.
0: Oh, I tell you I'll what. Try i try and find I, it. I got my kit out of storage uh, recently for the one playoff game I played against uh, Tamworth Phoenix. and Well done to them for being victorious. <laughs> uh, two <laughs> bottles of Febreze Fletch. Two, it took me two bottles of Febreze to get rid of the stench Ugh. from the pads in the shoulder pads.
2: Blooming awful.
0: Right, here's a question for you. You ready? Go on. Yep. This is from uh, our Twitter account, and it's from UK Browns Backers. Yep. What's the best way, Darren Fletcher? It, uh, uh, do you know what? We'll, we'll call you Darren Tom Tom Fletcher. What's right. the best way to get to Twickenham from the Midlands? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine I, I it's M1, I, M40, M25, yeah. uh, M...
2: M4? M3?
0: M3. 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 Well, Rob sat next to me. Rob the driver. Rob said M4. M4. Yeah, but M4 M four, and then down, all those back roads get clogged up. M3 is a pretty, yeah. decent, pretty decent way. To be honest with you, public transport, get to central London and then get public transport to Twickenham because they open up an extra train station, I do believe, or an extra tube station. They put on extra trains. And uh, I think because of the Bruja last year, the NFL has sorted out all the logistics. So if you're going to travel, use public transport and uh, use I've, central I've... London as a
1: hub. Yeah, I've also got Freddie driving me on, on Sunday down there, so I'll be asleep from leaving my house to getting there, so I won't actually know which way we went, if I'm honest. You're like one of
0: the Thunderbirds, aren't you? <laughs> With the old uh, Parker driving you around.
1: <laughs> I thought you meant my athletic ability then. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right, yeah, there, there you okay. go, UK Browns backers. That's how you get to Twickenham. So here's one. Uh, R J Gray on Twitter, Vern. Can AP turn the Cardinals' season around? We've said it's wide open, haven't we? We've said it's wide open, definitely. I think what AP brings to the Cardinals
0: is options. But he also, we've talked about this in the past as well, he's going to make opposing defences honest. No longer are they just going to be uh, uh, looking at the receivers and checking down and all this, that and the other... They've got a running game now which is going to keep opposing defences honest and that's what wins you games in the NFL, having those options. Carson Palmer is a decent quarterback. We know that. They've been victorious in the past. David Johnson, he had it, the, I think it was the weight of the team's expectations on his shoulders that actually broke his ankle, not the actual yeah. physical injury <laughs> that, that actually happened. Uh, but now they've got AP. Another thing that stood out an absolute mile and Simon, our producer, will agil- uh, agree with me, Adrian Peterson went up to the podium on Wednesday, and he he was smiling like a Cheshire cat, because he now knew that he he now knows that he's now on a team that is actually going to use him. He's in an offense that fits him, and I think he was just saying, "Look, I am ready to play football. I'm fit. You know, we're, we're coming into half. We're coming up to halfway in the season. He's
1: hardly yeah. played. No, no. Let's not forget that he's hardly played a down." Uh, I also think also to the thing with Enver, when you look at it, the division they're in, San Francisco 49ers are competing for the first overall pick in the draft next year. The Seattle Seahawks have got serious question marks about their offensive line. It's an offense that's not scoring too many points. The defense hasn't been quite as dominant. And then we've got the Rams in there who are an emerging team. As I've said, a 10-win team, a playoff team, I think, but we still don't know. So they are in a division, Arizona, as well, where there's not going to be... A dominant outstanding team. It's a division that they can theoretically win because all of them are pretty close in terms of the standings at the moment, apart from the 49ers, which you know what you know what it's like. When you get to the playoffs, it becomes a brand new season at that stage. You've actually got to get there, and then you almost start again. And once you once you get there, all bets are off. And they've got a fair chance to get there from the NFC. Yep, you're right. Okay, Darren, last one. Your plans for Sunday, just give us some right. uh, logistical
0: details on what's going to, what are what the crackers yeah. for Sunday, please?
1: So, Sunday, I've got to be at Twickenham for one o'clock because I'm going to be on the tailgate with Neil, which uh, you've said already is, is bigger than it was last year. So Who's we're going down there? The stage. Don't know yet because I've been away all week, so I've not got any information yet from the NFL, but it'll be the alumni. So, I think Eric Dickerson's in town. Um, There'll be the great and good of the NFL joining us on the stage as they always are competition for the fans, all that kind of thing. So it'd be great to see as many of you as you possibly can. And then while you're on the sidelines working for Sky with the team, I'm going to be on the sidelines doing the big screen. So I'm with Sam Quek uh, on the screen, chatting to some of the alumni who are going to be joining us on the stage for the tailgate. And no doubt you and I, with Crossy, will get together at some stage and put something together for the podcast while we're there. Because wouldn't it be a shame not to do some nice colourful piece from the sidelines together next week? to try and give people a flavour of what it's like down there. Definitely.
0: Uh, I think we should chat to some fans, see what their uh, expectations yeah. are of the game and the future of the NFL in London and this, that and the other. Uh, uh, Tory Holt is going to be down there as
1: well. Brilliant. Lovely guy. Met him before. Lovely fella. Really good wide receiver too, wasn't he, for the Rams in that greatest show on turf team. Right, two-minute warning. Darren, are you ready? I'm
0: ready. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on tight, you suicide riders. Here we go. Hands in the air, Darren! That's the two-minute warning. Warning. Quarterbacks have been hit! Hit! Ah. Hit and hit hard. Aaron Rodgers has gone down.
1: Uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith was complaining of a late hit. What's going on? I don't know. And I I thought the Anthony Barr hit was was a was a poor hit. Um, I I listened to to what some of the Packers were saying after it. It, The ball had clearly gone. Um, But I I just think it's Fern, I just think it's part of the job. If you tackle a guy who's about to throw an American football, he's in a position where he's got to go down shoulder first. I don't quite know what you do to stop it. The problem the NFL have got is these quarterbacks are the superstars of the league, and it's a superstar league, so they want the superstars on the field. But I don't know how you prevent the injuries. The defenders are so much bigger, so much faster, so much stronger, and the quarterback is brittle compared to some of these guys. I don't know how you stop it. You
0: can only protect them so much, and the rules are there already... Uh, to protect the quarterbacks. And remember there's remember that step rule that used to exist yeah. in the NFL? That no longer exists. And then there's uh, the rule where you, can, you can't hit the, the quarterback within the tackle boxes, uh, within the tackle box. So it, it's all out there.
1: It's up for debate. And I think it's all down to the referees, let's be honest. I also think, Vern, as well, the quarterbacks now are braver than they've been for a long time. And they'll stand there in the pocket till the absolute last split second knowing they're going to get mashed before they throw the ball, they could help themselves a little bit by getting rid of the ball quicker. Do you, you know, think so... the,
0: Do you think the referees have to referee the game according to who the quarterback is? Because let's say you've got Andrew Luck. A fit Andrew Luck does not mind putting his head down. Whereas you've got yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who, like you say, is a little bit brittle, a little bit more fragile. He's not got as much
1: timber on his arms. Does the referee have to equate for what quarterback is behind centre? I think so. I think a mobile quarterback, you've got to give him a bit more time. I mean, it's hard to bring down Cam Newton, let's be honest. So it's difficult to sack him. So Too many you're maybe wanted! Gonna let the play That's it! Oh. Time's up! Time oh. is up! Uh, oh, started i started <laughs> to flow. I know. Hey, let's pick
0: this one up next week. Let's pick this yeah, one up next so. week. I think so, yeah. Uh, Darren, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to nip into Morrison's now and try and find Rob. Get some carrier bags for the swag that we're going to steal on
1: Sunday. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing you. Get a, get, get a couple of bags for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, uh, if you want anything from Screwfix, I'm going past that, don't
0: forget as well. Hey, I tell you what, we need some door handles. Our, 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 <laughs> our, our, our door handles <laughs> fell off our bedroom uh, because we're always <laughs> locking it. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, subscribe and review. Uh, and remember, we are new and noteworthy on iTunes, also available on Aircast. This has been a Shooting Shark production. I'll say that again, Shooting Shark production. Good day, good morning, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. Thank you very much.
1: Bye-bye.